stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Let's talk black holes, not the financial kind, but the other kind. The kind that not so long ago we only kind of theorized about. That in theory they they should exist, but could we ever prove it? Could we ever demonstrate it? Could we ever visualize and see a black hole? And we're getting awfully close to that, which is really quite fascinating. And the research that came out last week specifically zeroes in on a real monster lurking in the center of our own galaxy. That it's been postulated for some time that something like this might exist at the center of our galaxy. Maybe at the center of most or even all galaxies. Uh, And so some research released last week gets us a step closer to not just confirming that, but visualizing that. So joining us to talk a bit more about the significance of all of this, what we're learning about black holes, and that big question about could we ever capture an image of one? We're very pleased to welcome to the program someone who knows a whole lot about this stuff. Uh, Avi Loeb is founding director of the Black Hole Initiative. He is Frank B. Baird, Jr., professor of science at Harvard University and is chair of the Harvard Astronomy Department. Dr. Loeb, so great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you. My pleasure. Now, you were not directly involved in this research, but uh, I'm sure it's of great interest to you. How significant are these findings? Well, actually, I, I am in, involved in, indirectly because back in uh, 2005, um, I was wondering um, whether we could, in principle, um, consider uh, probing the space-time uh, around the black hole, space and time around the black hole, by monitoring the motion of a flashlight around it. And, and then I was thinking, you know, what could be a flashlight? Uh, well, um, if we imagine uh, the matter falling onto the black hole, behaving just like the matter on the surface of the sun, it could have flares because it has magnetic fields in it. And when they cross each other, they produce flares. And we see that on the surface of the sun. So I imagine having a flare and then a hotspot moving around uh, the black hole. And this is just like a flashlight. And, and then uh, I suggested uh, doing a, a, cal- a detailed calculation of what it would look like to... Um, the postdoctoral fellow at uh, Harvard that just arrived at that time, Avery Broderick, uh, who is now actually at the University of Waterloo in, in Canada uh, as a professor by now. Uh, and, and we just wrote a few papers on that, uh, predicting what a hotspot moving around a black hole would look like. Now, um, since then, um, uh, uh, 13 years passed by, and now observers actually saw the same phenomena. They noticed that the center of light um, is moving around the black hole at the center of our galaxy. So in other words, uh, there seem to be during three flares, three independent flares that they monitored, they saw that the light source is orbiting around the black hole at the center of the Milky Way in just the way that we forecasted uh, about 13 years ago with Avery Broderick. And that's very exciting because... um, there is no bigger uh, satisfaction to a theoretical physicist than making a prediction that eventually gets confirmed by an experiment or an observation. And I should say that when we made the prediction, people argued that uh, this model of a hotspot 
moving around the black hole is not realistic because uh, you would expect turbulence around the black hole and you know lots of small hotspots and they will average out and you will not get a single flashlight that is sort of orbiting around and so they thought that you know although this model is interesting it's probably not realized in nature so nature mother nature was very kind to us in this case and sometimes you know mother nature is kinder than colleagues you know that's what i found <laughs> out that <laughs> colleagues could be much more critical uh so this black hole as it were it, it's I mean, it's right at the center of our galaxy, but it's still, I, I think I've read about 26,000 light years away. Does that sound about right? Yes, it's true. But, but this black hole has a, a, a mass. It weighs about 4 million times the sun, the, the, the mass of the sun. And so it's, a relative, it's the most massive black hole in our backyard, in our vicinity, at the center of the Milky Way galaxy. And it turns out that this is the biggest uh, on the sky, projected on the sky. So if we ever want to image a black hole, this would be the best one to look at. Uh, and the same is true for a hotspot moving around the black hole. If we ever want to resolve a hotspot moving around in the vicinity of the horizon of a black hole, this is the best target to look at. And um, that's why it's so significant that um, it's the biggest one projected on the sky and that the one that offers us the best prospects for uh, resolving the motion of the hotspot. You mentioned how massive these are, and it's almost incomprehensible to, to our brains uh, that we take the sun and you multiply that by about four million. The, the, it's <laughs> like I say, it, it's, well, it, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, but actually there are bigger black holes. The biggest ones are weighing 10 billion times the mass of the sun. Wow. And in fact, um, you know, such black holes are, in principle, easy to make. Uh, all you need to do is pour uh, water into uh, the volume occupied by the orbit of Jupiter around the sun. So uh, if you just fill that orbit of Jupiter with water, you'll get a billion solar mass black holes. Uh, now, the only problem is there is not enough water in the entire Milky Way galaxy <laughs> to fill that. that uh, but, but just, uh, you know, the, you just need to pour a lot of water into uh, the volume occupied by the orbit of Jupiter around the sun. Uh, so the mean density that you need to achieve in order to make such a gigantic black hole is not very large, the density of water, liquid water. But um, it takes a lot of water, you know, to make a billion solar mass black holes. Well, that we have this at the center of our galaxy and that there may be similar supermassive black holes at the center of other galaxies. I mean, is, is there a reason for that? Yes, and uh, that's a very interesting point that turns out that the black holes do form at the centers of galaxies quite generically. That Every galaxy we look at, we find a massive black hole at its center. So it's sort of like a, a natural outcome of the formation of galaxies that a small fraction of the gas gets down the drain, so to speak, at the middle of the galaxy and makes a black hole there. Uh, and the question is, why does it, this process stop? Why don't you make even bigger black holes at the centers of galaxies? And there is actually quite a good answer to that. Uh, as the black hole grows by accreting gas, the gas heats up and shines very brightly. And by shining very brightly, 
it basically pushes the rest of the gas away. And that stops the feeding process. So uh, you can think of the growth of such massive black holes as episodic. You know, it's very short-lived. Sort of like a baby that sits down the dinner table and you give the baby too much food. And so at some point, the baby becomes so energetic that it shoves the rest of the food off the table. And that's what these massive black holes do. Once they become massive enough, they shove the food off the table. And as a result, they don't grow anymore. So we end up with black holes at the centers of galaxies that weigh uh, about a tenth of a percent of the entire fuel reservoir that they could have in principle consumed. Just a tenth of a percent of the mass in stars, for example. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, you know, the significance of learning about these these hot spots and the chaos uh, along the edges of, of these black holes and how we might capture an image of that. But given that, you know, black holes just suck up all light, I mean, how, how could we possibly ever capture an image of a black hole itself? Well, so we don't see the black hole itself. We see the gas that falls into it that shines brightly. And it shines because it rubs against itself. So it heats up and then it radiates its energy and close to the black hole the gravitational energy the energy that you get just by the, the gravity is so big that it's becoming a significant fraction of, of the mass of the matter that falls in so it's actually the, the best factory for releasing energy it's the best engine for producing energy out of matter and if we were as a civilization if we were to live ne- next to a black hole instead of next to the sun this would be a great place uh, to throw our trash because it's, it would have been the best source of clean energy. You would throw the trash into the black hole and get in return clean energy. And you can get up to, you know, uh, 10% of the total mass that you put in, uh, you can get back in, 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 in energy. And that's what you get. So these are actually the most efficient factories for making energy out of mass. Uh, nuclear fusion is much less effective. It's, it's at best uh, converting a percent, one percent of the rest mass into energy. But uh, black holes can do up to 40 percent, you know, a significant fraction of the rest mass can be converted into energy. So the, they're very effective just because they have such a deep gravitational potential. Well, they can, they, they can convert the rest mass of, of matter as it falls in, as it rubs against itself, it heats up and radiates. Now, we can actually look at the shadow of a black hole. So if the matter behind it radiates brightly, we can look for the silhouette of the black hole on that background, sort of like a wallpaper. There is background radiation, and the black hole swallows the radiation behind it. So you can see the silhouette of the black hole. And there is actually a project aimed to detect or to image that silhouette. Uh, it's called the Event Horizon Telescope. That, um, it's actually a collection of telescopes in the radio with a, a wavelength of one millimeter or so around the globe, uh, and it's able to, in principle, resolve the silhouette of the black hole at the center of the Milky Way galaxy and in another galaxy called M87, which has a billion solar mass black hole, a few billion solar mass black holes, much bigger, but it's much farther away. The black hole is about 2,000 times more massive, but it's also 2,000 times farther away. And so 
on the sky it has an image which should be comparable in size to that of, of Sagittarius star, the black one in the center of the Milky Way. And I should say that we hope that within a few months, uh, this data will, I mean, the analysis of the data will be complete and we will hear about the results in terms of the image of the silhouette of, of the black hole, either at the center of the Milky Way or in M87. Isn't it incredible to think how far we've come? This idea that to Albert Einstein seems so weird to, to actually now, you know, capturing images of this. It's, it's quite remarkable. Yes, and uh, I should say that actually Einstein, late in his career, around uh, 1939 uh, or 1940, he wrote two papers. Uh, one saying that gravitational waves, uh, these are the ripples in space-time that are produced, for example, when two black holes collide. Uh, it's sort of like a, a storm of space-time. He argued in one of the papers that they do not exist, that they are just mathematical artifacts. And in another paper, he claimed that black holes don't exist. And both of these papers turned out to be wrong. So even Einstein yeah. <laughs> was, was wrong, <laughs> because uh, about 100 years after he came up with his uh, theory of gravity, the LIGO experiment detected gravitational waves from the merger of two black holes. And they got the Nobel Prize uh, last year for that. It is fascinating indeed. Dr. Loeb, thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us about this today. Really do appreciate this. My pleasure. Thank you. There you go. Dr. Avi Loeb, going to talk to black holes. There's a guy to talk to. Founding director of the Black Hole Initiative, chair of the Harvard Astronomy Department. Uh, and uh, king of the analogies, too. I appreciate that, both sitting in good context for us. Um, it's like a, a baby eating in a high chair. So we're not going to get uh, swallowed up by this black hole, but to think that right at the center of the Milky Way, there is a black hole. Uh, it's the equivalent of about 4 billion suns, uh, or rather 4 million suns, but as he says, there are some that, that would total billions of stars. It is quite something. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.